Troy Taylor is an author over 130 books on ghosts, the unexplained supernatural, and he is a featured contributor on the Discovery Plus documentary you can stream right now, Shock Docs, The Exorcism of Roland Doe, and that's basically the exorcism case. Hey, Troy, how's it going? Hey, Troy. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, Good. man. We've been taking phone calls this morning. Everybody's got a (laughs) Ouija board story, and I did Uh not know that the movie The Exorcist I knew it was based on a true story, but I always assumed it was a female, but it wasn't. It was this boy, Roland Doe, huh? Yeah, it was. It, um, this, this exorcism took place in 1949 when William Peter Blatty, the guy that wrote the exorcism, right. was attending seminary uh, at Georgetown University. And he, he heard this story and managed to get his hands on a copy of what they called the priest's diary. It was a uh, kind of a day-by-day breakdown of what happened in the exorcism that one of the priests had written. And there were a handful of copies uh, made. It wasn't widely distributed, but he managed to get a copy, kind of went through this thing, and then talked to one of the priests who was involved who asked him to please try to protect this boy's identity because the church wanted to keep it private. So Blatty changed the, you know, the identity from a boy to a girl because, let's be honest, a 13-year-old girl is a lot more sympathetic than a 13-year-old boy. Yeah, I suppose. uh, (laughs) Yeah, so it probably made a better story anyway. But he used a lot of the stuff that happened in the real story in the movie. Obviously, no one's head was turned around completely on a swivel, and nobody was thrown out the window or anything. But there were some very real things that happened that did get translated into what became, you know, to most people, one of the scariest films ever made. Now, do we know what happened? I mean, has he ever spoke about this? Is he even still alive right now? Um, Well, I did an interview with him uh, about 10 years or so ago. It's the only time that I ever spoke to him. He... um, he maintained that he had no memory of what happened during the ritual. Um, I mean, he remembered the places and things. I mean, he grew up, he was living in Maryland, in Cottage City, Maryland, when this all began, and then went to St. Louis to stay with relatives, um, hoping that things would get better, but of course didn't. Mm. Um, so uh, he remembered the people and the places, but what happened during the actual exorcism, he had no memory of. And, you know, initially I thought that was, well, maybe he's just telling me that, but it turns out that that seems to be a common thing with most people who have undergone an exorcism that they really don't have any memories of what occurred. Was his uh, but, life, you know, did, was it a normal life post-exorcism or did he have, I would, have issues? I would say above normal because he had no more issues. Um, oh. In fact, he went to school, graduated school, graduated college, went on, got married, had a family, and uh, actually went to work in the space industry. Uh, to this day, he has a patent on the shielding that they use on rockets, that NASA uses on rockets to get them through the atmosphere into space. Wow. Uh, he invented that. He holds the patent on it. Uh, wow, so, I saw that yeah, on Shark an, Tank. An actual rocket scientist. Yeah, wow. yeah he's a rocket. Wow. <laughs> Troy, Troy yeah. Taylor's with us, Who one of the knew? contributors of the new Disney or Discovery Plus documentary, Shock Docs, The Exorcism of Roland Doe. So I'm assuming, and you've done a lot of research of this stuff, in this particular case, it was the devil who was possessed him, correct? So you either have like the devil or demons pos- possessing people, correct? Well, that's, I mean, that's, a, that's normally how it, how it goes. I don't think the devil actually has the time to go around possessing people. Um, normally, when people say that they're possessed, um, normally it is some sort of demonic activity. There okay. seem to be a lot of demons out there. 
Um, but I don't think the devil himself. I mean, people usually will say that, you know, just to just just put a okay uh, a wide term on it. How's <laughs> how's that? So, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. Catholic, and I know for a fact, you know, that the exorcism and these priests. I mean, it's a very real thing within the church. Yes. Right, yes. because if you believe on Absolutely. the bright side, you got to believe that there's a, a dark side as well. Whatever happened to the priests? Did they uh, were they affected the rest of their life by this, or was it just? I mean, that's their gig. That's what they do. That you know what I mean? Well, I know it was something that definitely had it an effect on both of them. Um, the the two main priests who were involved, Father Bowdern uh, and Father Bishop. Uh, Father Bishop is the one who wrote the, uh, the actual diary, but neither man ever spoke about this publicly, uh, because the church had asked them to keep everything sure. quiet because they felt that it was counterproductive for this boy to expose this all publicly. Uh, the only priest that was involved that I ever spoke with was one who was studying to be a priest at the time, Father Walter Halloran. He went on to become a Jesuit priest and, uh, you know, he, he confirmed a lot of the things that I had heard about the story, about the things that had happened. He, he had been brought in. He was still a seminary student when this all began. And he was brought in because he was a big guy. He played football and he was a boxer. And they needed someone really strong to be able to hold this boy down because he was so violent during the exorcism. And that's how he got involved. Um, I also interviewed a, uh, a monk. Uh, who And this footage is actually in the documentary. Um, he had been a monk at Alexian Brothers Hospital where the exorcism had ended. This is where they sent Roland, where they, he could be restrained in a secure mental ward because everything was just so violent. And uh, I only found out about him because he decided he was in his late 80s. He had cancer and he was dying and wanted to tell his story. He felt like it needed to be told. And this was, you know, by accident. I thought at this point I had interviewed everyone who was still alive. Uh, but uh, here this guy kind of sort of came out of the woodwork, I guess. And I sat down with him for the interview. As I said, it's, it's in the documentary. And he flat out told me, you know, his, his role had been as a nurse at the hospital to help hold Roland down during the exorcism. And he said he was holding him down onto the bed. And then he just said flat, straight out, the boy levitated 12 inches above the bed. Wow. Well, now, this wasn't looked like or seemed like he was dead serious about it. It actually happened. Troy Taylor's with us, and he's an author. Ugh. You could see this documentary on Discovery Plus. Something, and, and one thing, Troy, we've been programmed as a society not to believe the afterlife, not to believe that people can get possessed. So our research uh, probably is about a hundred years behind. But do we yeah, know? So. Do do we have any data or know what attracts demons to certain people? No, I, 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 don't, I don't know that we can say that for a fact. I mean, there are some criteria that I have seen listed by, I mean, there, there's a priest who's in our documentary who is an exorcist. That's his actual job. Yeah. Um, he says he's one of 75 in the country. And, you know, he, he talks about a lot of things that can uh, be warning signs of things coming. Um, and there are those who believe that you know, dealing with the occult or practicing rituals or inviting it in yeah. to cause demonic possession. Yeah. But in the case of Roland Doe, I, there really isn't any clear reason why this boy was possessed. I mean, that's the reason that in, when Blatty 
wrote his book that he had to have the, uh, you know, Father Marin had to have this arch enemy of a demon he'd encountered years before to draw, because there had to be some reason why a little girl like Reagan would be possessed. Same way with Roland. There really wasn't a good answer to that. We don't know why, which I think honestly makes it scarier because, I mean, for most of us, we're not going to be going out, you know, trying to raise demons or yeah, practice yeah. Cult rituals. And so it makes it scarier to know that it just could happen by chance, I guess. And around you know, Halloween, um, teenagers, it's all fun and games till your head starts spinning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You start puking up soon. Right. Troy, so, here's, you know, so. here, here, I got an interesting take for you because obviously sure. people, if you're a parent and you see something going on with your kids, you're going to shove prescription drugs down them. They're going to see a therapist. The therapist is going to put them on some type of you know, hard forming drug. What is the drugs? Like if you have a kid on a narcotic and they're possessed, what does that do to them? Well, I, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, um, I, I, I don't know, you know, how common actual full blown possessions are. When I, when I've spoken to the, the priest who is in, in the documentary, he said that most of the cases that he gets involved with are what is known as demonic obsession rather than possession. Okay. Uh, meaning that people become yeah. know, influenced by some sort of outside activity, something demonic they've gotten, they're messing with. They're not possessed, but they are under the influence of it. And he said that that, you know, can call for a, a type of exorcism. And he says that's commonly what he does the most of, but he has become involved in, you know, full-blown exorcisms as well. He said about a dozen or so in his 35-year career. So, I mean, you space that out quite a bit, you know, with uh, among a dozen cases over 35 years. But as far as, you know, medicines and things like that, you know, in Roland's day, that thing, that kind of stuff didn't exist. You know, there weren't any medications for kids. And he was described as being high-strung and kind of hyper before all this started. So, I mean, today, Somebody probably would have given him some kind of medication, yeah. and uh, I don't know what if that would have made any difference. Probably not, uh, because I've I have come to believe that there was something you know an outside influence involved in this that affected him uh, physically and mentally uh, during this entire you know this entire you know several month period that he was under the influence of of this entity spirit demon whatever you want to call it. Um, I think there was something to this case. Troy, for sure. given uh, your experience in all the books and, and basically your line of business, what's your experience with Ouija boards? Because we took some calls earlier and Ouija boards can open that. Uh, what would the word be that? Gate? I don't that know, gate? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that and that is a popular belief. That, Voodoo you know, it can open up some kind of portal, portal, to, you know, to Thank invite you. things in. You know, a lot of people feel that. You know, if you if you use a Ouija board that you make sure that you have to close it before you're finished. But I suppose that, you know, if uh, something comes through and it's it's through, it's already there. I don't know if closing it's going to do any good. I mean, there's a lot of lot of different beliefs in Ouija boards. I mean, I've got a bunch of them. I don't use them. Uh, they're antiques that I use for decoration, you know. Yeah. Uh, but as far as using them goes, it's not really something that I've ever had much interest in. But there are lots of people who have had, um, you know, tame experiences and people who've had pretty frightening ones. 
Uh, I collected some stories about those over the years. And, you know, there have been times when they've been used to convince people to commit murders and things. And I'm not sure that that was a ghost doing it. I think that may have been uh, bad people. Why would you mess with that? Why don't get that? I don't know. That's a good question. Why don't you just leave it alone? Yeah, exactly. Hey, Troy, (laughs) have you ever in your research or have you ever used psychics? What's your thoughts on psychics? Um, I think there are some really good ones out there. Um, There are a lot who maybe not so good. You know, when you see some of the public stuff that's done, you know, they're they're essentially doing a lot of times. Some of them are doing those kind of old mind reading acts that the magicians used to do in the 1940s, you know. But it's usually the people I find in my personal experience, the people who don't advertise their abilities are the ones who are usually the best. Um, I have a friend who. Um, is uncanny with stuff that she can do and come up with um, that never ceases to amaze me, but she's not out there advertising as a psychic. She doesn't do readings for people. Could you book her for this show? <laughs> <laughs> she just has to have a, a real ability, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, uh, just real quick, so last one for you. I want everyone to watch this documentary on Disney Plus or Discovery Plus. Uh, afterlife. You're buying in the afterlife? You're buying there is an afterlife? Uh, I do. I do. I can't think that this could be all there is. Um, and, you know, I, based on that, uh, based on my own experiences of, you know, writing and working and researching for over 30 years or so, I've had some interesting things happen to me and have come to believe there's something. I, I don't know exactly what it is. I don't think we're going to float around on, on clouds and play harps, but uh, I do Damn think it. that there is something after this. I mean, my, my goal is to, um, you know, stay around and haunt somebody's house. That's my, that's my plan. <laughs> I don't think you if have it, to if figure. Done, I'm going to stay. So, As a human, I don't think we have to figure out what happens after. We just enjoy those visits or... Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. probably right. Well, yeah. we'll be watching Troy, and man, we'll we'd love to do it again, man. Fascinating stuff. Yeah, Good sure, stuff, absolutely. Troy Taylor. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks, All right, Troy. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. See you, bye.